Speaking of which, here comes Rodrigo. <laughs> I thought that was Rodrigo's entrance music. Oh, there he is. <laughs> it's Rodrigo. Takes him a second. What's the over under that he's eating something? Oh, I'm, we got just I, got off a meeting. It's at least seventy five percent. Or he's pouring out some pisco. Was he on dial up? Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine. I am joined by a Pisco pouring Mark Fangmeyer, uh, Rodrigo Sanchez Doria. Uh, Corey Shreppel, and this week we have Brian Hanf. Uh, Brian is uh, known as the the campaign expert on uh, on Twitter. Uh, Brian, a whole solid like one year ago, at the end of the year party uh, for Dark Clouds. Uh, every year there's a big um, charity uh, event, and uh, things are auctioned off. I always auction off a slot on this. Uh, um, on this podcast and uh last couple of years at least last few years you've uh you've uh, bought it you've won the bid and uh and then like covid happened and it was just like we just didn't do it and then, it was, then the world just got away from us and here you are like a solid year later so welcome yeah. brian uh thanks uh how's your how's your covid going it is going and the kids are, uh, you know, doing distance learning and, uh, yeah, uh, my son was starting soccer practice again and then that of course got shut down. So he was really bummed about that. Um, yeah. And I'm bummed that I don't have any soccer matches to referee. Um, cause I definitely need to get out and run around cause I have, uh, put on my, my COVID 50. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a solid COVID 20 that uh, I'm going to have to work off. But um, uh, the um, the refereeing, what, what age groups are you refereeing? Or is it just kind of all sorts? So mostly I'm doing U12, U13, U14 uh, games. Um, anything I can really do with my son, uh, he referees as well. So um, I do it mostly for him to earn some money. But if I got to drive him someplace and sit there and wait for him for an hour, or if I can get paid... You know, 20 bucks an hour to <laughs> get some exercise myself. Why not? Um, do you guys ever referee together? Yeah, yeah, all the time. Oh, that'd be awesome. It'd be like a father-son, like one of you like pulls out a yellow card, and then the, I know that there's no two center refs, but like and then the other pulls out a yellow card, and you like it's like double dragon or something like that. Um, or <laughs> like, like I guess whammy. the father, father-son version of that. Um, and you're no longer, it, you were involved with the... Maple Brook, Maple, Maple Brook, Grove, yep. Maple Wood. Maple uh, Brook, yeah. One of the Maples. Um uh so- youth soccer, but that's that is no longer, right? You are you've now you're bored. Right, yeah. So board free. Uh, yeah, yep. So that's yeah, that was a three year term, ended at the AGM uh, that just happened um on Sunday, as a matter of fact. So um good luck to them and, and all their legal issues that they're trying to work out. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to ask a follow-up question. (laughs) Hopefully it works out for them, uh, Um, for the best for the community. We we need like a Patreon 
episode with Brian just to talk about all this other stuff that's going on in youth soccer around here. Seriously, there's so, youth soccer, youth soccer, and legal issues are, are literally the, the like the last thing I ever want to hear about. And which is no offense to anyone, but I'm like, there's just so much drama and. It's like um, it's like talking about supporters group drama. It's literally just someone kill me. Just oh, oh, all we need, all we need is the is the password to the SoundCloud account. Me and Corey uh, could take care of the rest. Pretty yeah, much. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll hand it over, guys. Um, I have so, no horse in this race. No, not at all. You don't even. Yeah, you just you've never even seen a child. I don't have um, kids. Why? Who? Why? 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 Why would you? No. Uh, Brian, thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, Absolutely, it's, it's great to to have you with us, and thank you for. Uh, I believe last year's donation went to Like a Girl or to Like a Girl and the Sandy Foundation. One of the, I think that's what they're doing this year. So, um, yeah, anyone who is curious, um, the Dark Clouds are going to be announcing their, it's the end of the year awards party. It's going to be all virtual, um, but uh, there's going to be lots of stuff to bid on. And uh, it's always great. And they raise a ton of money for um, some of the great uh, great work that's being done in the Twin Cities. Um, let's, uh, let's start the show by, uh, by going to the just pure Donald Trump Jr. on a cocaine bender, uh, weekend that MLS had. It was like, it was like, um, it was like a episode of, uh, of Donnie Jr. on, uh, OANN or something like that. Um, it's like yakety sax was playing in the background the entire weekend. It was like yakety sax, but you you, like while the sax saxophones are playing, someone's doing like uh, they dipped it in uh, cocaine, like a margarita glass. And someone's, yeah, like they it was a it was a it was a cocaine rimmed saxophone that they were just blowing coke smoke out into the world. Yeah. Uh, that's be- what it is. Beautiful, great metaphor. Coke <laughs> so, smoke. I don't think. I think that. I don't think that's how cocaine works. Is yeah. Brian speaking from experience? Apparently. Yeah. What's up, Brian? What's what do you want to tell us? I don't know how it works. I only talk about <laughs> cocaine because it's funny to me. Um, so uh, um, I only read about it in the uh, uh, Hardy Boys uh, Guide, uh, Detective Guide, which talks all about all the evils of drugs. What was the Christian <laughs> version of Hardy Boys? Do you guys know this? It wasn't the Hardy Boys. No, 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 no. Um, I, I, Corey, I thought you'd be with uh, with me on this. There was like oh, a, like it was called shit. It was like the Sugar Creek Gang or something like that. I'm pretty sure it's a Sugar Creek Gang. What? Anyway, it was like an extra. It, like if since the Hardy Boys were like obviously not Christian enough, there was like the Sugar Creek Gang was like this like extra Christian version. Y'all. You, you didn't grow up in the same uh, evangelical world that I I, I just I mean, looked up Christian Hardy Boys and I just got a bunch of like WWE hits on Google. Yeah, I just uh, Sugar Creek Gang. Um, uh, basically Sugar Creek Gang. Let me see if I can find a. Here we go. It's thirty six Christian themed children's books. Um, set near Thornton, Indiana. Um, yep. Yeah, and uh, anyway, so there you go. That's, oh, that's, KKK country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I bet if you go back and read it, it's like uh, it, it reads more like um, Lovecraft Country or something like that. Like, oh, wait a second. It's um, like a manifesto yeah. in, in, in Reddy. So, 36 volumes of a manifesto. Um, I just distracted myself and lost what we were going to Oh, we were going to talk about the MLS weekend. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, that's his back, and they're drunk on a podcast. Coke bender. Yeah, let's actually take a break, and we'll come back, and then we'll start. Okay. <laughs> One podcast, uh, Corey. Did you turn off your fuzz box that you were running? Yeah, your microphone the uh, I use my special Peabody Award filter to undistort myself. <laughs> uh, were you actually audio was professional the microphone like connected to the Peabody Award, and that was the problem? Yeah, and yeah. the pretentiousness just threw the distortion over the roof. Yep, amazing. Over All the, right, over when the roof, I into the roof. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, um we're going to talk about the uh, MLS games uh, this weekend. Uh, let's start with the, the probably, I guess we'll start with the craziest one, uh, just because it was the first crazy one. Um, we had a, There was a late game winner in the New England game, but that, that was just like regular, like crazy. But this was anything but cr- uh, regular crazy. Orlando versus NYCFC. Rodrigo, do you want to try to take us through the end of this game? Uh, because I feel like... So much has been talked about that it's like actually important because a lot of our listeners have only maybe didn't hear about it or like heard like something crazy has happened. So we need like a a seven hour uh, description of it. Just kidding. All right. So just to summarize in some sort of sense, um, throughout uh, regular time, um, you know, it, it ended up being two two, uh, and then. Um, uh, Pedro Chase, Pedro Chase, immortal posterized or posterized uh, Ruan um, ended up following somebody previous on a set piece where he just literally like ran him over while he was trying to head the ball, wasn't even going for the ball, didn't get a call, and I don't know if it was in retaliation, but he was as he was trying to clear the ball, he got kind of chased and somewhat tackled from behind, and the person rolled over him. Right, like, and then kind of pushed down on him. Yeah, and pushed pushed down on the up. side of his body. Yeah. So you so you couldn't tell if it was intentional or not, but pushed up. And then because of that, Ron literally just kicked him, yeah. and then ended up getting a red card. And so then uh, Orlando is playing with only ten men, um, and they play the first half, first extra time, and the second extra time. And I think they had used the majority of their subs and maybe Brian can chip in when the aspect of the six sub and when it comes to PK, but they eventually had to go to PKs, right? And and Pedro Gall- Pedro Gallesi was just unstoppable. Like I'm still mad and pissed the fact that he didn't get like enough votes to win that um to win goalkeeper of the year. The same way that Kevin Molino didn't win comeback player of the year and the same way that Dane Sinclair didn't win the award for the Canadian player or whatever. Uh, regardless, you know, it was, it was, it was, it, that's when it started getting I've got crazy. a list of, uh, of grievances, but yeah, I do. I do. I, like do. I'm gonna email them. I got a lot of things to say and you're all going to listen to it. It's my stump speech. Okay. It's my stump speech. And so then, um, the game goes into PKs cakes and, um, the first one, uh, hits the post. So yes, is good. Uh, ends up getting a, a safe for that, but it keeps on going back and forth. And then there's a point into where um, Gaius is up for it again, and he takes a step. He he takes a step outside of the line, so he doesn't have one foot in the on the line, and ends up getting a yellow card. 
because of it, but because he already had a yellow car for what is assumed, what, what was assumed at the time to be for like um, wasting time, uh, he ended up getting a double yellow, right? And so he ended up getting a red card. Well, um, at that, at that, at the point where where uh, Gallesa had saved that PK before they had to retake, Pareja had already left, thinking that they had won. So they yeah. had to call him back. He, and he, then, he ran into the locker room to go get yeah. Juan, who was, like, crying in the locker room alone, and he wanted him to come celebrate. And then the the um, community or uh, comms guy for the team realized what was going on. He's like, crap, I need to go get Pareja. So he runs in and grabs Pareja, and he's like, coach, it's not over. And and then it, then then all the craziness and there was like a I don't know how long of a wait it was but the the referees were trying to figure out because um, Orlando was trying to bring in a substitute goalie but uh, apparently you you can't do that um, when you go into PKs specifically and maybe Bright can elaborate more on on that aspect of that rule the IFAP rule that they that had that that they that they have and so someone from the a field player had to take. No, no, no. First, they allowed the sub. Oh, that's right. That's so right. They, allowed they allowed the, the sub, sub that is not allowed to come on because once, and Brian, can speak to this, I, I believe the rule is once the players that end extra time are that's, the 11 yeah. players that you choose from for who the first is going to be the goalkeeper or the that kicker. Is right. yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, and where the confusion kind of came in for these guys, and, and I, I haven't seen pro, and I'm sure this is, this is probably what was caused of it. With the COVID rules, they were given... Uh, extra subs um, and actually IFAB uh, added a rule uh, for extra time an extra sub well once you enter kicks from the mark though there's no more subbing whoever's on the field when you start kicks from or actually whoever's on the field at the end of extra time is the only people that can take uh, kicks or participate in kicks from the mark and I'm saying kicks from the mark. That's the technical term for when you do a, what, what traditionally is called a PK shootout. Um, Cause there are slightly different rules for kicks from the mark versus a penalty kick. So, yeah. So I can see where the referees, you know, you don't run into this that often. You don't run into someone getting red carded at kicks from the you know mark that often. I can see where there would be some confusion from one, maybe the center, but they had, the center, AR1, AR2, a fourth official, and a VAR, one of those people should have said, wait a minute, this is wrong, um, if not all other four besides the center. Um, so, yeah, that was that was definitely a screw up. Now, luckily, they did catch it before you know, a kick was actually taken because uh, that would have really been a, a mess up. But, yeah. And, and so then they instead... They put in the defender, uh, who who uh, Rodrigo Schlegel, who um, uh, the told, Argentinian version of me, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, RG Rodrigo, um, and they uh, he like told the he was like, yeah, I've played keeper before, and it was like when he was like, six, he was like thirteen, yeah, thirteen <laughs> in a youth game. He played like he played keeper like three times, or he plays in the backyard with his kids yeah. as keeper. Yeah. And so, uh, so he goes in, and and uh, the first kick that's taken, he does this kind of like weird stompy thing, jump toward it. He guessed right, and he misses it, uh, and so it goes in. And then um, uh, Nani misses it, 
for his team. So now, now it's like, now the, the pressure's on. And, um, and then the next one, he does the weird, like sumo stomp before he jumps. And it's a terrible, uh, um, uh, kick and he saves it. And then the team freaks out. They've celebrated again, but then people are like, no, you guys have to take the final kick to actually win. And so then finally they step up, they score the final PK, uh, uh, craziness ensues for the third time uh they celebrate and this time they've actually won it so um congratulations orlando city who for winning your first uh for winning your first you know uh playoff game and you won it three times <laughs> so congratulations to all it's like donald trump losing guy. elections yeah yeah exactly <laughs> how many times can biden win michigan um so uh sporting kansas city three san jose three i was uh at the bar i had it on the big screen while i was doing take uh to go and um this game it, it's it's basically like san jose is like a, a, a stefan sketch like this game has everything it's got uh missed kicks that go into people's faces that fly into the goal it's got painted leprechauns riding unicorns, uh, and it has Chris Wondolowski late goal. So in the first minute of stoppage time, Lethal Weapon Gary Busio um, scored his first uh, playoff goal ever um, on a great counterattack. And then uh, because it's San Jose, in the seventh minute, minute of the five minutes of stoppage time, it's uh, who does it? That's right. It's Chris goddamn Wondolowski in the, uh, he just puts it away with his head. I don't like leaving Chris Wondolowski free in the box should get you instantly tried by the Hague. You should, you, you, the game is over. You are sent to the Hague and you are tried by an international. Is there uh, any chance that he actually retires this year? No. Why would you? Oh, he already said he, he already told Vermees coming back. Oh, did he? Did he? Yeah. And then Vermees told everybody. I was like, I don't know if he's supposed to tell everybody that. And don't don't forget about right before SKC's uh, uh, stoppage time goal on the counterattack, Wondolowski almost scored the game winner off of a corner kick. Yes. Again, left free in the box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So then the game goes to PKs eventually. Uh, Tim Melia, um, the god... Uh, whose wife follows me on Twitter? Um, uh, took it's it's a thing I have with Tim Melia. I, I was once at a game when he uh, started to emerge, and he they played an Open Cup game up at Nessie. I, uh, I I realized that his wife was following me on Twitter, and so, and he was warming up because he he was not starting, so he was just running along the end line, and I I yelled like Tim Tim, your wife follows me on Twitter, and then he was like. He runs over. He's like, show me. It's like, he's like, all right, cool. Anyway, so that's my Tim Melia story. I think about it every time I see, we play him. Um, so uh, Tim Melia, uh, wife of Karen Kim something Melia, or husband of, uh, he saves the first three PKs, uh, and they win 3 nothing. So Tim Melia is the other golden god out there. Um right. Also, Tim Melia is the first goalkeeper to shout out an opponent in a traditional penalty shootout in the MLS MLS Cup playoff history. So, all right, and he's only the he. Uh, if you go even back to like just Open Cup stuff too, isn't he the, also the only one like 
when he played for Charleston, they did that against Chicago, and he and he also shut him out again. So like it's only happened twice to an MLS team, and he's done it. He's been a goal both times. Shout out to uh, Jeff Reuter and Evan Ream for the uh, the fun facts of the evening. Um, so this puts us uh, for the MLS uh, playoffs. Um, we're recording on Monday. On Tuesday, there's three games going on. It's going to be a busy evening. Um, with you've got. Um, First game is Toronto, Nashville. Then you've got uh, Philly, New England. Then you've got um, Seattle, LAFC, and uh, and um, I was just I was just pausing because I was thinking about Nashville because I just I forgot to write down what size shirt Eric Miller has. Su- Susan Miller um, ordered a black heart shirt for him, and oh. I forgot to write that. And I just when I saw it Nashville, like a- I was like. He seems can, like a large. Can, can I deliver it? He's a medium. I think he's got to be a medium. Is he a medium? You want me to tweet at him? I'm, we a, can do this. I'm a small. Um. Anyway, I've got to make a note for myself, guys. Um. I mean, he's not a big dude. I mean, let's. I'm gonna go check out his stats. So, anyway, thanks, he, thanks, Susan, Susan yeah, Miller. Susan, just call a, call up Wes and let him know. Yeah, <laughs> he can't remember anything. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll reach out to Susan and see see what she can. Why don't I just do it, guys? Since I'm the one who sold the shirt. Anyway, um, Google 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 says that he's 300 pounds. Oh, he's six one one seventy five. Oh, yeah, right. Six one one seventy five is but a, but the 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 Wikipedia. If you're fit, if you're fit I was one seventy five in like middle school. Yeah. It might be a large because the medium might just be a little bit too short for him. On, yeah, you know? yeah, it's gonna I'm be it's saying. gonna be a length. It's gonna be a waist length issue. Yeah, a torso. Sure. I'm, issue I'm just a, before I got just just right. give him a shirt that fits like a crop top. That's it. You know, that's it. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? I'd, he can I'd, tie it off. I'd pay to see that. All right, um, and then uh, you know this this weekend um, we don't we we don't know the matchups yet, um, but there's games on the 29th, and then we're gonna play either the we'll get to that, but either the um, First or second? We don't know that yet. So, um, anything else you want to say about uh, the the playoff games that are coming up? No. Okay. Um, I want to say this: big ups to the uh, Emmings clan. Fred Emmings' parents came into the uh, bar yesterday to uh, to get their uh, playoff game booze from us for at Blackheart. Um, so, like all good Minnesota United. Players, families, they shop at Blackheart. Um, we're going to have, um, uh, if you need to get booze, beer, wine, or or NA booze as well, um, we're going to be open on Wednesday from 5 to 8, and then I'll probably do a two-hour thing before whatever the game is. I'll announce that on Twitter as well um, next week. We had a ton of support yesterday. It's been super cool. And also, we so we're shut down now, and um, I've been um, kind of – publicly anxious and angry on online and uh um telling paul gazelka to go fuck himself and uh we sold after i told after i went on that rant about paul gazelka we sold so many freaking shirts it's crazy so um and i've had a ton of people just um email me um people who just sent me paypal stuff to divvy amongst as like a huge tip to divvy amongst the staff it's been super cool i've like felt very good this week everything's shut down and that's a little like uh, terrifying but honestly the amount of people who've reached out has made me like feel really great about life and feel like we're probably just going to be able to see december through very easily because of all the support so i really appreciate it if you haven't bought a t-shirt yet do it um now that i'm laid off again 
even though I've been laid off, um, I'm going to basically be at the bar filling t-shirt orders for like seven days straight or something. So, okay. so is, is the best way to support the black card to buy t-shirts or to buy booze or to buy all of it? All of it. I mean, t-shirts are, are, are good. Um, uh, um, th they're a great way. Um, cause yeah. And then, and the booze is really great because, um, it's on hand. Uh, we already have it. And so we want to get it out the doors. Um, Let's uh let's take a break on that and we'll come back and we'll talk Minnesota winning a playoff game. Welcome back to the 551 podcast. Uh hello everyone. It's time to talk playoff games. It's been a while since we won a playoff game. Uh, actually, do anyone remember the last playoff game we won? Twenty fifteen. Yeah, it was not. It was we didn't make it twenty sixteen, so it would have been twenty fifteen. But do we? That was we the that. that was the era of NASL where um, there was no, like no playoffs. It was just like a final between the. So like four teams made playoffs. So it's like a semifinal and a final, and that was it, wasn't it? It's been so long. I don't know. Yeah, we we lost uh, to. Who would lose to Fort Lauderdale on fifteen? That would hurt. Um, is, it that, is that who it was? Uh, oh, I remember was it, it, was it wasn't cold. the Rowdies. Was I, it? We lost to the I, no. We lost to the Fury. Oh, that's extra right. That's time. right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then uh, twenty fourteen, uh, we let's see. This is uh, live um, googling here on the. Uh, 55-1 podcast. Semifinals, um, we lost in penalties to Fort Lauderdale Strikers that year. So then 2013, I don't think we made it that year, did we? No, 13 was was the, was the only one game. Yeah, that, that, the one game, yeah. And so 2012, um, we got to the final. So the last time we won... A playoff game was 2012. We could have done this like off camera, off mic, but um, this is way more compelling shit. Peabody award winning shit. <laughs> it's um, authentic I mean, and engaging. We still can. It's authentic <laughs> and engaging. Our audience will know the difference. Yeah, yeah. Our singular audience will know the difference. Yep. <laughs> Susan Miller and uh, and th <laughs> three guys. Three the guys. Emmings family. Yeah, exactly. Um, three guys and maybe listen. Mason Toy's dad if he yeah. just decides to hang around and didn't That's update right. his podcast. Like, you yeah. know. Yeah. Just, are they going to mention? He, he I'm going to get some play time. French podcast. Um, so here we go. Minnesota uh, wins 3-0 uh, against the Colorado Rapids. Um, the, the lineup changes were, um, you know, we had Dotson at right back, Hairston in central mid, um, Lud as the false nine, uh, Metnier, didn't return in time to make the game. Um, Ozzy wasn't 90 minutes fit. And um, I don't know if there was, if it was just a tactical reason for Kai on the bench. Um, but um, let me, let me just ask two things. One is the first 15 minutes were bad, right? So that's a statement. Then, uh, then we were better. Was it just the, was it just uh, as um, Adrian Healy, clichéingly? Reminded us goals change games. I think we looked good for maybe two, three minutes before the goal. 
but yeah, I mean, we, we were bad that first 15, you know, 18 minutes. We almost gave a goal up first three, yeah. four minutes into the match. Um, I think there, there could have been uh, of quite a few goals on, on both sides that uh, both teams would be uh, ruining. Um, but yeah, we, you know, eventually kind of picked it out and what, what, I guess the reason I'm asking it is there were periods of this game where we didn't look good. We let up a lot of uh, opportunities. And I want to start negative because then we can go positive because this game is mostly positive. But I'm, I'm thinking about going forward. Like, let's say we trotted the same lineup out, um, or, or especially the same uh, Lude false nine thing. Is there something about that that Sporting Kansas City will be looking at and thinking like, oh, we can do that little thing there? Oh, They're I back- think- yeah, Sorry. I was going to say, I, I think uh, them attacking, you know, our left side uh, probably makes a lot of sense. I mean, Molino doesn't, he's been doing a lot better at coming back and defending, but especially late in the game, he doesn't do much. Uh, but Finley and Lo, Lo, Robin, I always mess Bobby, up his name. Bobby, we just call him on this podcast. Uh, Robin, uh, you know, those guys are really overloading that other side. Um, so I think, you know, I think if they if they tried out the same floor, you know, you gotta you gotta go down, you know, Molino's side and uh, you know, figure out what you can do there. Well, I think that's Rodrigo, you were you were alluding to this about um alluding to this. Uh um you know, Molino's been doing better defensively and I the thing that I've noticed that he's I'm I'm tending to notice that when was the second time that we've lined up Lud in that in that false nine role where it's mm-hmm. you can really be dynamic in the center and on the left, um, and I mean you even saw Finley drifting centrally um, in in this match, and so it's um, that gives Kevin the, the ability to stay back a little bit more and not have to chase after uh, after the ball to 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 get back and be defensive. Or it allows him to stay forward and let somebody else get back and do it. You've kind of overloaded the numbers up top um, because it's almost like you're playing in this like circular front four thing where there is no true striker. But I don't really see Lud staying up there as a false nine. He was drifting right and Ethan was coming central, but um, Kevin was also drifting centrally. It's almost like we have two inverted wingers and a, and a right winger and it's a uh, it's chaos. It's, it's just chaos. They, it's a key party, and whenever, man. They toss and whenever, the keys in, and they're just like, boom, they're yeah, going around. It's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's it's chaos. Just close your eyes and gr- close your eyes. Turn off the lights and grab a hold of something. And right. It's, Seven minutes. It's, uh, um, so, I, I guess um, was or I, let me assess this then. Let me ask a, a positive question. Um, who is the man of the match for this? I'd it's say Ray, right? Yeah. yeah I think Reynoso overall. I think Reynoso. I don't think you get the goals if you didn't have Reynoso in there. But also, Debassi was fantastic. Like, because Boxel, it wasn't his best game, but Debassi just cool as a cucumber, always there to cover, always there to fill in. And yeah, like he kind of made, like, he saved our shutout. Yeah. He, um, well, he and, and Boxel, the, they all got pulled out a little bit um, from from the movement and stuff like that. Um, 
I guess I'm only thinking of one time where I saw Debassy. It was the that was the fourth minute almost goal, um, where he just gets pulled out a little bit, and then Boxall was uh, ha- ha- with a guy, but then saw the ball in front of him and made that stupid rash challenge, and then it was all the way through. But it was like Boxall was put in that position by I think Debassy moving prematurely out and, of there. And and but, and let's not let let's not forget about this. Like this is. People coming, like a lot of our main starters coming back from international break. Boxel's first match back in a while. And our first match in a, in a little bit. So it's like, I'm not terribly surprised that we weren't great for the first yeah. 15 minutes. How often, how, how many times was the group able to train from a tactical standpoint um, after the international break, after waiting for COVID clearances and all that kind of stuff? So I... I'll chalk it up to a little bit of mismatch or um, the the lineup. You had Marlon Harrison in the midfield, yeah. which I think had something to do with it. But I just think it was just general rust. Boxel hasn't been in for a while, and you had returning internationals. So let's let's praise um, Babylo a little bit then. Um, what 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 were some of the things that that we uh, we can just drool over? Either, either, either we can talk about the the goals or, or specific moments or and his tackling too. I mean, I don't know how many tackles he won, um, but it was a significant amount. I mean, I, I I remember you know two or three times him just going in and and you know tackling and getting the ball and you know making a pass. And man, that's so nice to see. Um, you know, from a he looked like a number eight. Uh, with how good he was doing that tackling, you know, just, just someone or, you know, even a six, you know, um, just, just the, the quality of just taking a ball off of someone was just unbelievable. This game. Yeah. And and I think the thing too, is for, for Reynoso, it's just that he's, he's a feisty player. Like he's like, he, he's not, you hit him, he's going to hit you back. And I think that that also can change the the tempo of the game sometimes. And I think, for, for this situation, there were situations in where he positioned himself to get hit in order to get a foul call. And I think that was a lot of the uh, – that. but his dribbling. And I've never been an advocate for creating chaos in our attacking third. And when we were doing that, I've always praised it. And when we don't, I condemn it. But with this lineup of four midfielders, kind of like rotating, like a musical chair kind of thing, they all rotate and they were pressing – um, it really creates chaos for anyone who's playing defense. And for Reynoso, for that first goal, right, it was a throw-in, and then Molino used his body well to be able to to to, to shield the ball and then sees, sees the Reynoso kind of like running, so he kind of like uh, kind of like side passes back heels uh, to him, and then Reynoso tries to draw a foul, but he loses the ball right before he... He uh, does the same thing, and then Reynoso. I mean, and then Molino just keeps on running in that same channel, and and, and is able to to hit that ball beautifully. Well, and I think let's, that's one of the things that that that's, that's impressive is we have. If you think about it, you have Lude, you have Molino, you have Reynoso, right, and Finley, and all of them are willing to dribble into that attacking third and into the box. And I think that is the one of the things that we, at least I've been advocating for is like create chaos. Right and and pull players and pull everyone, uh, and 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 see how that works out. Yeah, the the that point about pulling everyone and moving everyone and the the joke about the key party is you know I I went back and took a still of that throw in and you have um, Finley is 
on the touchline uh, with two, you know, the fullback and, and the winger kind of uh, on him. And then you have um, Bebelo running toward him, um, pulling, I think, I don't know which player that is, but I think it's Jack Price in the, from the midfield. And then you've got the two center backs who are outside of the 18 box covering Bebelo and Lud. So you have Molino at the top of the box with their fullback. And it, and like the amount of like uh, spaces, what, wait, what are you saying, Brian? This, Five guys yeah. defending three. Right. And you got basically, uh, is that Molino that's wide open? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Right at the top of the box. So the throwing goes to Molino and, um, and then Bebelo turns and runs toward him. And um, the guy who, who's closest to Bebelo, he's between, uh, he's closer to Molino. That's Danny Wilson, their number four. Um, and he just watches Bebelo run and he jogs a bit. And then Bebelo gets the ball and Abubakar, Abubakar, I think is how you say his name, um, uh, tries to catch up. And that's when Bebelo like does the back heel, you know, Molino back heels to him. And then Bebelo back, heel, back heels to like himself, turns around Abubakar um, and uh, gets fouled there. But then still Danny Wilson's not back. And it's another player who uh, gets beat by Molino. It's, it's amazing. Danny Wilson was complete garbage in this game. And I think, actually, now that I think think back to it, I think um, I think I've I've made fun of Danny Wilson before for being terrible. So um, congratulations, Danny Wilson, for uh, being terrible. Um, that game was absolutely right. Mark, you wanted to make a point about Reynoso too, but. Yeah, no, and also I was kind of just our whole attacking four is that um, going on with what, what Rodrigo said about the dribbling, it also opened up our passing lanes a lot just because it was dr- like when you, you dribble in, you draw defenders to you and open passing lanes. And like uh, our of our attacking four that started, um, Reynoso had the worst uh, pass completion rate of 76%, which is still really freaking good. And I mean, Ethan Finley was at 88%. Molino was at 79 And Robin Luna was at 80 almost 84. Like that's some fantastic passing for an attacking four and um, just their ability to like, you know, making runs, cutting in everything just worked. And it was at times it was beautiful to watch. Like the, 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 I would just hoped it was uh, one where Molino didn't finish on that. Like perfect, like 10, 15 pass setup that would have been like even more beautiful than that Dallas goal that like in, uh, the last episode we said was the goal yeah. of the year. Like it would have been better, and Molino missed it, and I was just like, "No!" Like that yeah. whole buildup was gorgeous. Or the or the Reynoso sitter that mm-hmm. he missed. Exactly. <laughs> the the one frustrating thing about about Molino, and I've come to realize, and is that he makes the hard goal scoring opportunities look easy, and he just fucks up the easy ones. And it's just that's a frustrating part for me. It's like he just he, he does that, and I and I think this is the thing too. It's like. You add Gregush into that because he started getting into the aspect of, of doing that. And when we got to the third goal, you totally saw when Gregush was comfortable and was able to shift the ball back across the the 18 over to an open Molino for this for for his for his brace. And it was like one of those things that at that point you're like you realize that you 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 have the defense beat any way you play them. And so I mean, easily we could have scored seven. Right? The game could have been then, seven to five. I think if yeah, 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 if, it, yeah. it would have been like a seven to five. Yeah, if Colorado was able to shoot on frame and and then we didn't have a Dane Sinclair who also had several good saves, a couple of saves that were one v one. 
uh, we totally it, it totally oh, that one hold foot save was just incredible. Yeah, the the, the stretch oh, yeah. out fat safe. That yeah, was in the great. fourth minute, that was beautiful. Does Does anyone know what happened with the one where it was open goal except Gregush got there and the guy missed from th- an open goal from three yards? Uh, it, I don't know. Did Gregush get his foot on that, or did the guy? No, no. Just... It, we we got a goal kick out of that situation. Yeah, so but I don't think we maybe the ref it, missed it or something, but. Mm. I, I, it, it looked it didn't look like Gregorich got to it, but he got enough pressure on the def, on the attacker that when the attacker put a foot on it, it just it just wasn't on frame. It's the, the lamb's blood on the lentils. That's what I, I have no idea does. how you can be a foot out of goal and not even come close to hitting it. It's unreal. It's it's like it is like Jedi mind shit. Maybe maybe um, Dane St. Clair is actually Baby Yoda. Oh, wait, Corey what? Tra- oh, well, Corey was checking wait, his what? phone. Wait, what? <laughs> Corey just woke up. Corey was like, "Wait, wait, did you? Did he? Say, wait, did he say baby Yoda?" I don't. I don't know if he's a baby. Is, you know what? This is not part of this podcast. Are is, we saying is, 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 is Daisy Claire Ahsoka? No, he's not cool enough. He's not no, cool enough. Not yet. No. Not yet. He no. he, could, he could never has the quit. potential. He could never quit the order like she did. Yeah, Correct. That's true. This Correct. Molino is a Mandalorian. Listen, the, the goal on this podcast, Brian, is to get it down so only one person is listening by the end of the uh-huh. It's a contest. And we, we guessed who was going to find all this. And usually it's one of us doing a quality control listen to the episode. <laughs> oh, if that. Um, all right. So <laughs> there is no quality control. There is well, no you know, wait, fine. Okay. Here's the part of uh, DSC uh, Dollar Shave Club's uh, game that well, he needs Well, that's a good to, nickname. I like it. <laughs> what he needs, uh, he needs to get the the Crash Davis uh, uh, school of you know knowing your uh, what is it uh, knowing your uh, cliches. Have you ever seen him interviewed? Oh man, it's just painful to watch him interview. Oh, yeah, no. extra time, the extra time interview. Yeah, that was. Oh no, oh, the, the extra time, the extra anytime. time interview today was great though. Did you guys listen to it? No. Did, no. Did oh, he was him? like, so, he, and not anything to do with Dane. Like Dane was like fine talking on it, whatever. But the best was like, it was like a Zoom interview. So there's video and somehow they're like, oh, Adrian's giving you some sort of a dirty look. You better get out of here and go back to the team. And then some, I don't know who chimed in. He's like, yeah, everyone knows that Heath doesn't let his players interview with the real estate website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the uh, after the game. So like, uh, extra time does like a like a whole pod did the whole podcast live podcast after the game, and so that was the part where like they interviewed him, and like there was a section where like the person that was holding the iPhone because this picture of this on the internet was 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 Gabriela, one of the PR people, and so her arms were getting tired of holding it on the podium, and like at one point I think it was either David Gass or someone else saying it's like, all right, we better let you go, a because. Because we hear Heath needs you to go answer uh, questions, and, and we don't want to destroy uh, uh, our, our rapport with Gabriella because of her arms hurting so much. So, <laughs> um, I, I will have to go listen to that now. Um, okay, we, we didn't talk about the second goal, um, which I, I want to get to. I don't want to just go through the goals and the, the highlights here, but that one um, again. I took a still of this one. I'm going to tweet them out. Um, uh, tonight well after we record so you can go check these out but um the the uh rapids are attacking so this came off a counterattack. but i took a still and there are one two three four five six six minnesota united players in frame 
and only three Rapids players. I just don't know where the entire Rapids team is. And they're trying to go through go through the midfield. So Debassi just steps up, takes the ball, passes it to Bebelo, who I think like a a pinky toe touches it. He barely touches it. And then he just chases it a bit, looks up, sends an amazing pass. And I would say like one of the most amazing, but Bebelo does this every game. Uh, and he just, uh, he puts it perfectly for um, Lude, who, you know, has done this now a million times, um, puts it into the back post. Um, Lude was also free for the third goal, and uh, Molino came and uh, and plucked it. Uh, Molino had the better angle because he was running at the goal, but uh, but Lude should Lude should have a word with him. When I'm the false nine, I get the I get the goals. <laughs> no, I, I think the the beautiful thing about Reynoso is his accuracy on switching fields with the ball. Like that is like spot on. And and as we've been advocates for Lude playing on his natural side, and I have gotten in depth many times in over podcasts on how his coming, his being left footed already sets him up perfectly to be able to shoot uh, the ball with his left foot and put it opposite to where the goalkeeper is 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 facing him. This is a perfect example, right? I mean, I think if you're a defender and you know and and you know Lude is coming at you with the ball. You make him forced to shoot with his right. You don't make you don't give him any chance to shoot with his left. And and, and apparently the Colorado defense did not do enough uh, you know research was, on that. You know who was uh, who was marking him? Who was marking Lude? Was it Danny Wilson? It was Danny Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid lump of shit. <laughs> the, the thing, the thing, like as as great as Molino's goals were, I was really Robin Lude had the most chances. Um, and had, I think, the most shots on target. There was one that almost curled into the top corner. Oh, yeah. That came off of oh, a deflection. That was a shot. beautiful shot. And the, the he weird made it curve look, on it was amazing. Yeah. He made it look effortless. And it was just like, keep this guy on the right. Like, what? It, yeah, go, go ahead, Brian. I was just going to say 10 inches, that, that, and it's on the other side of the post. Yeah. 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 It was it was it was amazing. Yeah, lewd celebrations are one of my favorite celebrations, and he busted out the the arrow thing, which you know, uh, which is great on uh, in itself because the play on words. But but any shot that he takes from that right side with his left foot is probably one of my favorite things to watch on repeat. <laughs> just, just can't stop thinking about. Why he was played on the left. All right, we're not going to do that same conversation every every week on the podcast. It just like kills you. It it literally is. I forgot to tell you something. I'm not left-handed. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, Robin Hood, Kaiser Soze is all of us. <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, I think. It, I think it was Jeff that that tweeted it out. Um, that he said Robin's the best in his position in MLS. And my response yeah, was, yeah. "What's his position?" What's his, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell us what position that is, because I'd really like you to play him there. False nine. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. You're not it is. wrong. I have comments about that, but anyway. So, so, no, I, I think it's, it's a, a good time to bring that bring up that comment because I think, I think for me, until until teams figure out how to how to how to defend against these four attacking uh, midfielders. You keep on doing that until you win because we've proven and we've said this before and I've said this before in the aspect of like when Reynoso came in, we don't need a typical number nine. 
that needs the ball fed to their feet. We need someone who's willing to come back, engage, and at the same time create kind of so like which Amarilla was 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 willing to do at the beginning of the season, and which we've seen a certain former Minnesota United player do as well. Yeah, that, that that's the that's the one thing that whether it's intentional that Heath is treating Robin Lud like a false nine, or it's out of necessity due to fitness issues with Kai Kamara, Schoenfeld, um, whatever it might be, it's working and it might be one of my favorite attacking formations that we have because it's the, even us on this show, we have struggled trying to, trying to find a way. How do you get a Robin Lud on the right and start Ethan Finley and start Reynoso and start Kevin Molino? And I think this is this has unlocked that. Um, and the answer is, yeah, you put him up there as a false nine, but you just let him run around and fill the spaces and just create chaos and, and shoot. Yeah, and one reason I like it too is because it allows you a chance to be uh, to a lot to kind of feel out what the game gives you. Like for example, uh, last night Colorado tried to crash our right side a lot. And if you look at, like, if you go on, like, oh, you know, if you go to who scored and look at the position report, it actually looks like we actually lined up on, like, in, like, a 4-3-3 in that Ethan Finley was dropping back so much, he almost looked like he was playing a more of a central midfield role and defensively, which, I mean, explains why, uh, like, he only had 15 passes. Like, he wasn't really involved too much in the offense last night. But it was totally fine because the other guys were all there compensating for it and he was there defending when we needed him to defend and like it works so well it just it gives you a lot of options and like we've talked about this a number of times uh adrian Heath's system has not worked well for a traditional striker and this works well and i mean can we go with it until you can't go with it i guess can we talk about jeff Ruder's really good interview with the athletic uh that, that he did at the athletic with with heath yes because um, we did not uh, I, I forgot that it came out um, after, since the last podcast. Um, go subscribe to The Athletic um, because you get stuff like this. I, I thought it was a great interview from Heath. I'm, I'm, it's kind of crazy we don't see that kind of semi-reasonable side of him more often. Um, I think it would make him more palatable to the fans, but um, whatever. Um, so in that interview, he talked about Christian Ramirez, and he talked. the The comment was, and he brought him up, and he he said, like, you know, what's funny is that Christian Ramirez would actually fit what we're trying to do now, and kind of saying that, like, you know, he didn't quite fit um, what we were doing then, and we got good money for him. That makes sense. And um, I, you know, previously, um, I was like convinced that Heath. That you know, Ramirez definitely would love to come back to Minnesota United. I think he, I think Ramirez even liked uh, some, every single. Uh, tweet he's liking every single tweet everything. that anyone has between about him coming back yeah, to yeah. Minnesota. Well, and and like I tweeted about this, and then and I did I don't tag Ramirez and things like that. And then someone was like, "Yeah, but would Ramirez want to come back?" And I said, "Absolutely," and he likes that, right? <laughs> you um, wrote, so, you write, yeah. you wrote like <laughs> I don't like even Christian. my tweet. I, like I tweeted last night about how like some I retweeted somebody that's talked about how like Mol, uh, Molino passed Christian Ramirez goal totals for Minnesota United. I was like, yeah. "It's fine. He'll be back next year and he'll reclaim the top spot." So yeah. of course he liked that and. So yeah. yeah, I may I may have 
sent Ramirez the article. Um, so, <laughs> um, so the the um, like he like he didn't have a Google alert for his name anyways. Yeah, yeah, well, he just senses it. it no, uh, M- M- Miguel has one for Christian. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. So I mean, with the great part about that is, I, I think you know Christian. He only cost Houston two hundred fifty thousand. He's obviously not in Tab's plans in Houston. Minnesota gets him back. Um, he's at the. I think he has a contract up until next year. So we sign him to a new contract that extends it, but pays him less, maybe. And like, and then he's more. And then you know you're paying a backup striker, a guy who's pushing for a first spot, three hundred thousand instead of. Sorry, Christian, if you're listening to this. Um, <laughs> You'll just have to Christian, get Christian, you're worth, you're worth yeah. $3 million a year. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so do that. And then, like, you have a player like that who I think fits the system. I think um, it, it would be win, 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 win. So I'm dreaming about that. Amaria, Christian, uh, go, fighting for that spot. And then Christian and uh, Bebelo. Oh, oh, my God. Just... The, the, well, the it's just know, gonna you, be like back heel, back heel, back heel, back heel. Yeah. Oh. Then you just play like a three one six. I, I was just, just thinking of twenty fourteen and him and you know Miguel back heel and you know yeah. doing those tricks and you know even twenty fifteen, you know those guys, you know how crazy it was. You know that's what that the last two games, honestly, the last two games have reminded me a lot of that chemistry that those two had. Yeah. The 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 interchanging players who are just back healing to each other that yeah that will get me every time. Can't um, can't wait for Ibsen to come back when he's forty. Oh, oh be quiet! Just love it. Just comes um, out. Uh, uh, you know what? I'll take Ibsen before we 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 t- we, we bring uh, um the former uh, Newcastle player that Mark seems to be infatuated oh, by. <laughs> no. Yedlin. Yeah, Yedlin was actually. I, I believe Ibsen is the coach replacement for him. About they're they're working to bring Ibsen in, so I'm, he's not, I don't he, I don't think he'll be available. Ibsen as head coach would be would also be amazing. Never give an interview. Yeah, yeah. All right, it's <laughs> my the, name is Ibsen. You know, my name is Ibsen. All right, um, we are we're all right. I need to move us along. Anything else we want to say about this game? Um, Marlon Hairston should not be playing central midfield. I know oh, that maybe Jacory got ninety minutes ready. Um, I actually, I actually didn't. I I did not mind him playing in there just because he's playing against. Maybe there's something there because he's playing against former team. It's maybe there's something there that like there's some sort of reason for it. But like I didn't think he looked bad, and I thought he had a. There were like three or four times where he had some very nice defensive stops, and he, he did help. Um, he did put pressure to get. A, a, Made a note of this. Where did I write this? He helped pressure to get the ball in the counter where Bebelo ended up hitting hitting the post. He was helping do do that pressure. I just see him so many times. The defensive stuff it sometimes seems helter skelter, and um and so I, I was just not. I I don't want to see him. No, don't wish him ill will. I've never. He's never played central midfield as far as I know in in his career except for in Minnesota. Um, right. So thank God. Yeah, I think Jacory or Ozzy will be ready. Midfield? What? And also, didn't Jacory get banged up in the last match too? Yeah. Well, he he had like a groin injury, so that's why right. Jacory was, I think, not starting here. So, well, I, I think the thing is that we at one point we had we talked about the four attacking players, and then we added in uh, Gregush, right? And he started mm-hmm. doing some things. Imagine if you add Jacory Hayes into that match, fully healthy. 
Like that's just going to be like chaos to like the nth degree. Or Hassani, right? If Metanier comes back. Yeah, Hassani, right? If Metanier comes back, you put you put Hassani in at one point, and then you have Chikori Hayes, right? And then uh, depending on if Ozzy is healthy, I mean, do you do you really do you really start having to have those conversations like how valuable is X player in that position when this chaos that we create with these four attacking players? Is be, is is giving results, right? So that's that's the question. I think Jacory Hayes could easily. We've seen Jacory Hayes pass the ball through half half field to be able to to pinpoint it accurately, put the ball on, on a running forward. That that said, I desperately want Ozzy in there to snuff out Polito and, and oh, oh yeah, totally. Like uh, especially like because you know that Kansas City is just going to bombard our defense, yeah. and we I would. Love to have a fully or mostly healthy Ozzy in there to help us out. Um, Sorry, everyone, we have to take a kitty break. Yeah, there's a little cat that came. What's that cat's name? Uh, that's Violet. Violet. Hi, Violet. Um, Turning Violet, Violet. Uh, okay. <laughs> Purple Rain. What? That's a lot for this game. Um, we'll do a little bit. I want to take a break and then we'll do a little bit of the SKC preview. Um, but 3 uh, 0, first win in the, in the freaking playoffs since. October 14th, 2012 against the San Jose or yeah, the San Antonio Scorpions. You know who scored in that game? <laughs> Christian Ramirez. Ramirez. Jamie Blake Watson. Wagner? 12, no. Blake Wagner? I don't even know who that is. He played okay, anyway. Um that was the no, this was the game uh that Pablo Campos got a red card for a headbutting. Uh um did he headbutt or he grabbed um, Kyle Altman's balls. I think he had grabbed his balls. Anyway, uh, Pablo Campos scores a goal, gets a red card two minutes later in the 27th minute. And uh, and then in the second half, oh, Blake Wagner gets an own goal. So he was with the Scorpions. That's why. All right. I was really confused. I was like, I didn't think a guy like that played. And then Simone Bracalello, um, who did not make the Remember This Guy uh, episode of, of this podcast, um, he'll get his own episode uh simone gets the the game winner in the 83rd minute that was our last uh playoff win oh my god guys it's been a long time all right let's take a break we will be back very soon here we are on the 55 one podcast uh it's twitter time we've got the questions here um this is from Christian Fitchett, uh, who asks, or he says, the, the four, front four f- formation um, that we've been talking about has been excellent the last two games. How do you think Peter Vermees adjusts? Because he will. And given Heath's demonstrated lack of ability to adjust in the game, how does Minnesota anticipate Vermees' adjustment? Um, we saw, I mean, one of the, one of the games where SKC just um, beat the crap out of us was the Gary Busio um, uh, game where he just he sat sat in that six role, never moved out of that anchorman role, and just completely intercepted everything. Uh, that's one of the ways that they can help. Uh, if they have him sticking back, then um, they're not moving as much and being pulled out of position as much. Um, I, I fully expect them to have uh, have him doing that again and never going forward. Well, this is, you know, I think Mark, I think it was me and you that were kind of talking about this on Twitter today. This is where I was saying that Kai should actually start the game 
Um, and, you know, maybe only 20, 25 minutes and see how it's going. And uh, at halftime, then bring, uh, you know, Robin into the game uh, to change it up. But you're forcing then uh, KC to get a look of something that, you know, isn't what you, you know, Heath goes with what he's been doing. Mm-hmm. Unless he's forced to, he doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So he's now went with, you know, Robin, you know, as that false nine now in two games in a row. Unless, you know, he's got a reason to change. So by throwing Kai in there, you could throw off Vermees. Because uh, Vermees is going to know that, you know, he doesn't doesn't do that. But, you know, and that's, you know, my thinking is, is that with the five subs that we have still, that, you know, we throw in Kai, you know, like I said, even if it's only 20, 25 minutes, you know, at halftime for sure, bring bring Robin in. But, you I, know, I, I think you throw him off by, by you know, making a change like that. The reason See, I, what, how, that scares me, just because I know that Adrian Heath will not make a change at halftime. It'll take him until the 60th or 70th minute to make a change. Yeah. The, and and the, I, the real thing and is, I was just I was just thinking as far as like having our how our front four set up against Colorado. That those guys are set up perfectly to be the counter attack to all of Kansas City's pressure that they're going to be bringing to us because that's what they do. They control the ball, they control the tempo, and they bring pressure. And if we have those four guys available to relieve the pressure on the counter, I think we have a chance to kind of steal back some goals. And and here's you know going back to what we were talking about with Marlon Harrison. This is not Marlon Harrison's fault. Um, you can't be faulted for not being Ozzy Alonso. But if we can have Ozzy fit, right, the, the main thing in that first 15 minutes that wasn't working is we couldn't possess the ball. We just could not hold on to it, right? The ball, when Ozzy's in there, the ball goes to Ozzy. Ozzy turns and he redirects and he resets the, the team. And having him back would, would do that quite a lot. Um, the reason, Brian, why I think that that maybe is unlikely is that the most the likeliest situation is um, – uh, you know, you want Kai to come in as a sub to to be a big target, even though, you know, we have <laughs> that plan has not yet worked. Um, I, I think he was a fine sub in the, in this game. I think that that plan actually worked. Do you? I think he was all right. Yeah, I think he did 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 his job, and he kind of, you know, he should have scored that goal. He had a one v one, and he should have scored that goal. Yes. Um, but I mean, also, a lot of guys should have scored a lot of goals. <laughs> Reynoso missed a sitter. Molino missed a sitter. Like right, right. No, I get that. But but Kai Kamara, Kai Kamara is paid to finish. Right. That's what we brought him over. Right. To be able to put goals away. When you get a one v one with the keeper, you're expected to finish that ball if that's what you're paying. But we pay him to finish with his head, not with his feet. We pay him for his Instagram, man. He's a, he's a John. <laughs> oh, his Instagram is so good. He's I a, loved all the private flight, like yeah. private jet photos. It's he's the um, he's the he's John Alberga uh, of uh, of uh, twenty twenty. Um, God, imagine if uh, John Alberga was still with the team during COVID time would be would just give us so much joy. <laughs> Him and Jerome Tison, if they ever if they they would like you know probably get get on get together and on Instagram. Anyway. Um, so, uh, what the hell was the question? Okay, so that's, that's, what's he's gonna do to counteract oh, Vermees? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what should he do is maybe maybe the biggest thing. I, I think um, I have no fucking clue, man. I just talk about this shit. I don't actually come up with. Hey, I, I think we're. I think you're right. I think you. Um, I think was it 
Taylor Twelman talked about it. Who else talked about it on the broadcast? Like, um, you if you have a fully fit Ozzy, you park Ozzy in front of your defense, and I, I think that's really the only change that you make is that you still keep the same lineup as we had. I mean, maybe you pull Dotson out and put Metonier as right back. And and go back to that preferred starting eleven, but with our false nine configuration. Yeah, um, uh, I don't I don't know uh, about that. I think yeah. one of the interesting things with the aspect of not having a metonier is the lack of crazy crosses that we had this past game, mm-hmm. and the more buildup that we had with uh, with with Dotson passing the ball more, and actually you know being a threat in some points. Right, I think. With Metanier, you get the defensive hustle, but then you also get the X amount of crosses that leave you guessing what was he thinking in the aspect of it. And I think if if you have a conversation with Ozzy and you direct him specifically, and I wouldn't have a conversation with Ozzy because I'm afraid what he's going to do to me after yeah. the conversation or what's going <laughs> to happen to my car after that conversation in the parking lot, um, I would be telling Ozzy to park it is a hard conversation to have in my book because more than likely he's been given the freedom to do what he wants to be able to do so. And we've seen him be involved with the offense a lot more in the last couple of starts that he's gotten than, than, we will, than, than I am more comfortable with. And so I think if Ozzy does play, and I'm sure he'll be on a time count on how many minutes he gets, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, who else do you have who's a little bit def- more defensive-minded and is is, is and it's also offensive might in the same way, uh, and I don't know if Gregush is that person, and I think maybe yeah, but yeah, uh, it's not coming out. Yeah, and Rodrigo sorry. is the the yeah. anti Gregush lobby, it's, so yeah. it's fine. It's he not. It's not. Yeah, I would not happen. make the match day. You know, eighteen yeah. if you if Rodrigo had his way. So 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. 20 Sorry, yeah, sorry, I forgot. There's more. Sorry. Uh, Clark Star wants to know: Will Heath fuck it up and start uh, Kamara versus SKC? Oh, no. Two to one odd. No. <laughs> Two to one odd. <laughs> I, as, much as, as much as I'm lobbying for it, there's no way that he does not go with the same formation and the same guys that he's went with the last two yeah. games because we we right. won the last two games handily. Yeah. You win three nothing in a playoff game. You you stick with you stick with uh yeah with the the maybe, the maybe swap maybe Except swapping the, out somebody yeah. in that double pivot. Um yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Dotson comes in yeah Lucas or or. Uh, Ozzy, if he's available. Yeah, yeah. Lucas Pippenhagen. Pippen, sorry, I didn't. Uh, I haven't asked how to pronounce your name, Lucas. You can message me. Sorry. Um, how wrong am I to to still be Heath out? Um, I replied to him on Twitter zero percent. Yeah. I I mean to me like right now, um, I'm always like um, uh, Heath out curious, right? Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I'm in on that. Sometimes I'm not. <laughs> Uh, I I just like wait wait are you admitting your Heath out in between? Yeah yeah I mean sometimes I'm just like if, I think I, like most of the time. So you're not you're saying that you're not by Heath you're by Heath in between Heath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I just um I think like right now we're in the playoffs. Um, he hasn't said anything stupid in a solid two weeks, which like you know good for him. Uh, to me, it's like I'm not worrying about uh, how much he annoys the hell out of me and how whatever. I do think, like I said previous on previous podcasts, you're always looking at how to improve your team. Uh, you you that is one of the things you should think about improving, and you should always be th- 
trying to improve. Um, but to me, it's like, uh, you know, like we're in the playoffs. We had a great game. I don't, I don't need to, you know, if we lose, then uh, maybe I'll think about. But, but like we we're we're like, it's, it's the same thing. Like, is it, are we now? Okay. Like, is it now a successful season because we have gone one step further than we did last year where we have won the playoff our first playoff match? Is it a failure? Is it like, do we ramp up the Heath outness if we don't win against SKC in the middle of a pandemic? Like, I don't know. I think he's certainly going to be back next season for sure. Yeah. After that, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a question that you, you, you deal in the after the season's over podcast. But, yeah. Okay. For sure. Right. But, well, but, uh, but, uh, but uh, I, I think this is like, you, you always want to do better than what you did last season. Yeah. Technically yeah. we have done so. So, yeah. yeah. Um, We're actually more points per game this year. Right. That's what that's what they said so. on the broadcast. I'm I'm missed. You know, I can Brian actually, you Brian can, ends justify means. So, yeah. um, did Dotson? This is from Mike Kinsella. Um, did Dotson show you anything which would make you want to keep him in the lineup at right back uh, this week over Metnier? We talked a little bit about what Metnier does with the crosses, but um, what about um Dotson's defensive stuff? Was he a target in this game? Yeah, but yeah, in that, it was that, not. That, a, it wasn't successful, which is great. I mean, Dotson did. There was, um, oh god, I forget what. It, there was one play where like both of our center backs got beat, and Dotson came running across to the left side. Oh, yeah, yeah, and just completely saved a goal. Yeah, off of it, and like defensively, it looks good. But like, as far if you're going into a playoff game against the number one team in the Western Conference. You want the most experienced right back that you have, and yeah. that is Metnair. And for all of the like, I mean, he's had some you know brain farts where like he's screwed up and like lost his mark, whatever this year. His cross is not as good. But at the same time, defensively, he still has not looked like bad. He's had some mistakes, but he's never looked bad. And I think he's at the point where he's the type of veteran who rises to an occasion. And that's why you want him in there, because he's the veteran who can rise to the occasion. One one of the the things, remember in the uh, the MLS's back was at the semifinal where we played Orlando, and uh, Dotson just got creamed by Nani, and Nani hit that amazing shot from outside the box. Mm-hmm. You you saw a couple, um, uh, like where the where the plays and the and the shots were starting to line up in a similar fashion, and Dotson did not look uncomfortable this time. It's like you can tell that he learned from that experience, um, which shows growth. Um, different level of competition, though, too. Different, totally different. Absolutely, hundred percent. But you're still in that scenario, and you're recognizing those patterns, and you're and you're seeing uh, you going. You know what? I've been in this situation before. This is what I'm not going to do this time. Um, I I do think that there is something to be said about. Dotson being the kind of player who doesn't just send in mindless crosses. Um, but ultimately, it you should start betting there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I and, think, and, and Dotson did get beat a few times, and Boxy bailed him out. I counted at least three times um, where Boxy kind of bailed him out. And, you know, he didn't do bad. I mean, I don't know that Mettenary would have done any better. Um, but I think, um, you know, Boxel definitely paid a little closer attention uh, than he would to Metinair, um on some of those, you know, runs or dribbles that were happening and maybe, you know, sprinted over a little bit sooner 
which did open up a couple of opportunities in the center, but you know, they never panned out, obviously. But um, yeah, I think I think Dotson is is definitely a serviceable you know right back. Um, he did well for was it six or seven games last season, and you know I I think you know as much as we talk about Dotson, we kind of obsess over him. I think he may be his his best position, maybe as a utility player, um, where he's you know a midfielder, your defensive midfielder, attacking midfielder, a right back. I wouldn't doubt well, he's played left back too when when Chase has been out, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think he's a. You know, we kind of talked about him. You know, we um, people in general, I think, talked about him as you know maybe the you know, guy that you know underneath Ozzy and you know, is going to be a six and. You know, maybe he can he can be a serviceable six, um, you know. But I think he has, you know, for, at least for this team, proven that he is the guy. When there is a hole in defense, he's the guy that can plug it. And there's nothing wrong with that. That you can make a great career out of something like that. No, I I, I agree to an extent. I also think, just like Miguel Ibarra on this podcast, like Dotson's best position on this team is on the field, like. Regardless of where you try to put him, like, and I'm an advocate to put him in the midfield instead of a, of a right back, and I've disagreed with West and many other folks on that aspect of it. I, I, I think Dotson's utility, but also, uh, um, his his willing to be able to dribble. He's a dribbler in a sense into the box or or be a danger outside of the box. Adds an extra thing that that defenders have to look out for, and I think. In 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 a in an offense where you've identified four attacking players, it's just one of those things where like it's it's totally to, totally going to do. And if you have a conversation with Metanier and you say, "Hey Metanier, hey, like less on the crosses and more on you dribbling into the box," I'm more okay with that aspect of it to have that conversation of it because I think Metanier is effective when he dribbles in the box as well. And and he's found Molino on a couple of those passes when he's dribbled into the box. And um, if we're going to go for crosses, then I, I, I think that's a different conversation of who we have as our as our false nine or as our nine in that aspect of it. Did you did you just malign me by saying that I call I I think Dotson should be a right back? Because that that is unjust. That's a, that's slander, my friend. I've never said that. <laughs> He's wait, wait, wait. He's a midfielder. Wait, no, no, I did say West, didn't I? Yeah, I never said yeah, he was. Okay. I never said he was. You, you, you said that we, we disagreed on the formation for this game, did we not? Oh, I said, no, here's what I said. You don't oh, play oh, here we go, a here left we go. back as a right back when he's never played right back. That's oh, this is the Debassi playing this on the right back? back. I, said, I, said, I, said, I, said, I said, I would rather have Dotson back there because at least Dotson has played that position. That is what I said. Hairston. Yeah, and I said or Hairston. I said Dotson or Hairston. You don't put a player in a position he's never played. Look, 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 so look. I I, I I care for you, and mm-hmm. I and I and I like mm-hmm. you, and my and I might even love you at one point, depending <laughs> on the amount of liquor I have consumed at your establishment. But 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 Dotson needs to be in the midfield. I agree. And nowhere else. Mm, I disagree. All right, let's. Uh, <laughs> we're, we got um, uh, a couple of last questions. Dan J says, "Why does West think Reynoso isn't getting respect? What kind of beta person persona is that?" It's because uh, it's because Matt Doyle. <laughs> Matt Doyle makes party fouls where uh, we're just because right. I'm, I'm right. drunk at the end of the game and texting you. 
about uh, about Reynoso. It doesn't mean you're right, allowed to but, post but, that but on Twitter. Extra Time also made a whole thing that Reynoso wasn't playing up to its standards for a signing. Though the fact before prior to this game, he was averaging an assist to about 118 minutes per per game. Uh, so that means he's like that, number eight in terms of goals and assists. Right, in, in right. Nine, I mean, did if, they talk if, about if, that? Oh, yeah, I should have listened to the podcast before this. And also, they did point out too is that Reynoso, and since he joined the team in matches that he started, we've only lost one match in the matches that he started. Right. And here's another Reynoso tip: Emmanuel Reynoso has provided the primary assist of. On six of Minnesota United's last nine goals, dating back nice. to the end of the regular season. Nice. So, like, so like, if you if you if you put the 118 minutes per assist ratio, like he beats Darwin, he beats Darwin Quintero, right? Like a full season makes him the assist leader in the MLS, right? If if you take that ratio in that math. Um. So there you go. Um, Kevin at uh, Magis, uh, I don't know how to say your handle. Kevin says Boca has not scored in two games, and they took their first loss in 2020. They've been without their arguably best attacker in Toto Salvio. They look a little bit lost going forward lately. They need Bebelo. How much does Boca have to pay to get him back? Uh, I don't. I don't uh, double, and they have to give us another number ten. Yeah, exactly. Kevin changed his handle. I think he did. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, sometimes I, yeah, I, I know his uh, photo. I'm more upset when people change their photo and then. You, you, you know what we need to do? What we do is they can take Reynoso as long as they figure out a way that we get uh, the most better player out of LAFC. I mean, I'm an LAFC, but uh, LA Galaxy, okay. which is the. Does Galaxy have a good Pavone? player right now? Oh, you mean Pavone. Well, we don't That's want Chicharito. Christian Pavone. No, yeah, yeah. You want oh. Christian Pavone. That's what I'm saying. All right, kids. It's been a long podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we are going to be back sometime after the SKC game. Um, please uh, check out um, when we're going to sell booze at, at Blackheart for the pregame. Uh, um, Go Wednesday. It's, you got to, when you're just sitting with your family, you're going to, yeah. like, immediate family, like just the people in your household, yeah. you're going to want extra booze. Yeah, you're going to want extra booze. That absolutely. By 18 and 15 year old, uh, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, if we, you're hungry with an 18 and 15 year old, there's no better time to get them to start drinking than right now. Yeah, yeah. We've got, we've got uh, Mexican Coke as well. So if, if you're 18 and 15 year olds, not, not the not the coke that we were. Yeah, no. that's that, the South wait, American the, coke. The bottle coke. The bottle coke. The kind that you uh, that you um, take a saxophone a of, and make a the saxophone. <laughs> okay, everyone, <laughs> we're back to the bullshit. Um, but have a great night, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks. <laughs>